It's Tuesday, not Monday. Tuesday, and Fritzcast is ready to roll a day late and maybe a dollar short. What are we going to talk about this week? We're going to tear into Mother Russia, pushing boundaries. A lot of ridiculousness going on there. The implications of Saudi Arabia's warning to the United States. What are they trying to pull, and is that an admission of guilt? Also, Donald Trump has some things to say about the political system. Are his words how a lot of us are feeling? We'll find out. But first, as always, we'll start with me and my past week. Get ready to roll. That's right, it's another Tuesday, 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 special edition of the FritzCast. Maybe not so special. I want to start with, uh, the other day, I went into Dunkin' Donuts to get an iced coffee, okay? We have the Dunkin' Donuts app on our phones, that little preloaded card that you can get, the little rewards that you can get, we had a free drink. So I go in there, and I'm waiting in line, have my phone ready. Dude was two places ahead of me. He was at the cashier. He paid. He turns around, looks right at me, hands me this card, and says, Have a blessed day, brother. Take it easy. So let me read this card for you first. It says, From, as if it was like a telegram or, or a postcard. It says, From, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the meaning of life and the answer to life. Also, eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for and to forgive us of our sins. He loves us. Surrender yourself to Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your heart. And it, it pretty much just goes goes on with this. Um... He has wonderful plans for each and every one of us here on earth and in heaven, and his plans are perfect. Read about Jesus Christ in your Holy Bible. Watch and learn about Jesus Christ on your TV, radio, computer, or cell phone. Tell your friends and family about Jesus Christ. And, and then it says, you know, flip to the back. So at first I thought this was a Jehovah's Witness thing. If I had a dollar for every time a Jehovah's Witness just randomly handed me something to make to, to because, you know, oh, I had an impression I should give this to you, I would have probably more money than Donald Trump and I would be a far better presidential candidate, but that's beside the point. But if you flip to the back, it, it just has pretty much every major Christian like mega church televangelist, uh, Joel Osteen, Gospel Truth, Billy Graham, Keith Moore, Amazing Facts, you know. <sighs> I thought this was going to be a lot funnier than it was and now it just makes me rethink my life but I guess I guess the moral of the story is it's uh it's not just Jehovah's Witnesses doing it because nothing about the watchtowers on here at all and I'm 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 shocked for once one of the websites is Jewish voice that's kind of odd Jewish voice why would that be why would that be on a Jesus Christ is Lord I don't know we're gonna move on <laughs> We're going to move on. So, first thing I want to talk about 
is we already know I talked about the FTO program, field training officer, how I've been doing that at work, how I've been enjoying that role at work. Well, sometimes opportunity presents itself in, in different ways. You have to step back. You have to look at what you have going on in front of you and exploit it to your benefit. So in this case, I was selected to be part of this field training officer program. Uh, there was no... There was no pay increases or incentives like that. The incentive was that you got to be a part of this program that could actively help change the department, which is which is good because you don't see that a lot sometimes in your place of business. Think about how many times your boss has come to you or the higher-ups have come to you and said, we're going to put you in part of this group to help better ourselves. If that happens to you, that means you're doing something right. It means they see something in you whether you see it or not. So when they told me that, I, I, you know, I took it as a, you know, kind of, it made me a little prideful. I was like, all right, I must be doing something right. They, they pegged me for doing this. So I, I've obviously got my ducks in a row. Given this opportunity to do it, uh, I go through the first two-week class of, of guys fresh out of the academy coming in to our building. And me and the other FTO have no material to work with. All we have is policies and procedures uh, written out in, like, word format. Just You know, very boring to just sit there and read it. But that's all we could do. We could We could put it up on the projection, you know, through the projector, and kind of, you know, try not reading it word for word. But it looks very boring. And I went to my supervisor at the time that we were completing that class. And I said, do you want visual aids for this? Do you, did you want PowerPoints, something like that to work with? And he said, yeah, I just, you know, I don't have the time to do that. I have so much on my plate. So opportunity came knocking. I was there. I said, you know what? I can do that. The only thing I need is to be able to come in and use the computers here at work. Because I have a Mac at home. I don't have PowerPoint. I don't have, you know, Microsoft PowerPoint. So I got approved to do that. I started doing it, and they were impressed with my work. And it went into my, you know, nice big resume file. Ended up boosting my role. Gave me more responsibilities. Long story short, uh, I interviewed about a week or so ago for Sergeant. Uh, and just the past week... It was after I recorded this episode of the Fritzcast. It was Wednesday. They informed me that uh, they've promoted me to sergeant, and I started Sunday, just a couple mere days ago. As a sergeant, my uniforms have all the chevrons, you know, everything's there, and I'm very proud of that. I'm proud that that I've worked hard and that they want to reward that, and it means a lot to me, but it, it just goes to show... I think it goes to stand that if you can find the opportunities, you got to take them, you got to roll with them, you got to make it work for you. That's what I did, and it paid off. It paid off with a promotion and a pay increase and a responsibility increase, changing my entire role at work now. So it's different. I am entirely in a different position, and that's really cool. To be able to sit here and say, I worked hard at something and I got promoted for it. I got, I got, I get to reap the benefits now 
but I also have to live up to everything that I've done. So it's not like you get that accomplishment and then you can just fall back and chill. No, it means I have to go twice as hard and I'm I'm ready and willing to do that. But that's just an update for you guys. I'm, I'm now sergeant and who needs corporal anyway? Corporal was the next rank and, and you don't need it to advance up. I, I went for sergeant. My eyes were locked on, you know, getting a promotion and I got it. So that's the first thing. Hard work pays off. Next bit I want to go into is Solar City. Now, my friends who follow me on Facebook, you guys already know back in August or September, I ripped Solar City. I, I wrote this big Facebook post. I can't remember if I did a Facebook post or if I did a video. I probably did a video. But I ripped them. I seen it. I had this guy come knocking on my door. He had one of those laminated flip chart things. He went through the whole nine yards. He was like, okay, well, you know where your energy comes from, from Delmarva. He's like, you know where your energy comes from. It's dirty. We we have to, you know, burn off all these fossil fuels, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so we're polluting the environment. Uh, it's costly. All this stuff. He goes, well, we'll put solar panels on your roof. You can pay us for the energy. And, you know, you get to feel happy that you're being clean. And I agree with that. Yeah, cleaner energy is better. The way that this guy presented the information. And then when you went to ask questions, he was clueless. This is a testament to getting good employees for what you're doing, getting knowledgeable people for what you're doing. I was not convinced after this guy's little spiel that I would want them to come put solar panels on my roof. Because to me, it was like, okay, well, you just told me that I'm going to pay you for the power, not Delmarva. And the only thing I'm getting out of this, the only thing that it seemed I was getting out of this was the fact that I got to, you know, thump my chest and say, I use clean energy. I use clean energy and I'm saving the world. Just me, one man. It's not a very good sales pitch when they seem to promote no savings. Well, my friend at work has Solar City. And he said, dude, whoever that guy was, whoever he came to your door, he didn't tell you nearly enough of what you needed to know. This is, I feel like this is how the world works now. Anyway, I feel like you, your friends are better salesmen than any salesman could be. So he told me, he said, dude, just send him an email, contact him whatever way you want, but get the guy to come out. The guy that comes out will tell you the whole nine yards on the system. He'll tell you every step of the way of the contract, everything. So later tonight, I have somebody from Solar City coming. Uh, and I'm going to go through the spiel and I'm leaning towards doing it because my friend does it. He doesn't do the pay for the energy plan. He actually leases the panels on the 20 year term. Uh, but the option that we're looking at and we're thinking we're going to go with is, uh, it's a 20 year term that you sign on to, but solar city comes, they install the system and the panels and then you pay them, uh, per kilowatt, the energy that those panels are producing and that that price per kilowatt is far less than the power company. So there's some perks there. Uh, I know at least in five years there's a buyout option where they take, in a, they take into account depreciation of the system and the technology. So you can buy it at a discounted rate over what the system actually costs, which is like roughly twenty to $30,000. And that's a lot of money for 
little guys at least, little guys like me, that's a lot of money. For everybody who's listening and has been listening, thinking like, oh, I wonder what this guy does for a living and what he gets paid. I'm a little guy, okay? I don't get paid a lot of money. That's, you know, I think that's part of the appeal of the show right now, too, is that uh, I'm not uh, I'm not a guy that gets paid to come into a radio studio and sit down and talk for three hours. Would I like to be sure anybody out there that has contracts for that, just send them my way. But... For the time being, I'm just Joe somebody who, you know, is a normal guy working a, well, I don't work a normal job, sorry, corrections in jail isn't a normal job, but I'm a Joe somebody, I'm not a big man, so my political ideologies, my political standings, you know, everything that I put into my thoughts and opinions on this stuff, it's not from some big rich guy on the inside, I'm just... I'm just like you guys. And, uh, you know, being just like you guys, some people seem to think that if you're a little man, you're automatically going to be, you know, for Bernie Sanders because Wall Street is ruining this country, destroying the middle class. And you guys happen to know, if you've been listening up till now, that I am nowhere near a Bernie fan at all. And I'm not a Trump fan either. So it's like, what, 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 what's with this kid? Why does he think the way he thinks? It's part of the reason why I started the show, believe it or not. So probably next week I'll have a report on you, and I'll keep you posted on the Solar City thing in case you've been sitting there and going, "Huh, I've been thinking about solar panels myself, and I'm just not thorough." I'll let you know how it goes. Now I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I can touch up on. Last week, I don't think I mentioned this. Last week, prior to the show, I had Rainsoft come out and test my water. They were trying to sell me, you know, a Rainsoft water softener system. Which, before I go into my spiel, let me say, there is a difference. Yes, their their system does cleanse water. Uh, it takes crap out of water. And yes, the water that comes through your faucet, through the city or the well, whatever, has stuff in it that, you know may or may not be good for you. So I get the appeal of Rainsoft, and it's something that we eventually want to do. Rainsoft's whole approach is high-pressure sales, and I hate that. I hate when they like the rep comes to your house, and he's just constantly on the cell phone talking to his manager, and he's the middleman. You can't talk to the manager. So they come, they test your water. Oh, look, your water's nasty, bro. Your, your water has... Like amoebas in it. Let me call my boss. Boss, hey, yo, yeah, they're uh, I put the I put the water through and the pink stuff. It's like really pink, and the yellow shit. It's really yellow, and like it's totally nasty. All right, let me tell him. Hey, you guys qualify as uh, a retail family, which puts you like in some perks, and we can get this done even faster because of how you know. They go through the whole spiel and then like. They give you the, the whole rundown, whole presentation, slideshows, videos, all that. And then he goes, yeah, so um, this $9,000, that seems pretty steep. Uh, we throw this out, this out, this out. So really, it's like $7,000. So, like, are you guys interested? No, no, I'm not. Uh, $7,000 is a lot of money, and I just can't piss it away, you know, getting water 
that's soft and you know makes my makes my skin feel silky smooth. Oh, bro. Uh, okay, let me call my boss back. Hey, boss. Uh, they can't do it. They're not interested. Um. Oh. Okay. Hold on. Let me tell. Uh. Hey, boss says. Um. Next year, would you guys like to for us to come out? Yeah. Sure. Next year, you can come out. We can kind of look at the finances, see if we can play with it. Okay, boss. Hey. Yeah. They said next year. Oh, no way. Let me tell them. My boss says that we can install it all this year, and you won't pay a dime in payments, in monthly payments until next year. And we can give you financing and all that jazz. All right, pal. No. All right, no. Because I signed that deal now, and then sometime between now and next year, I get screwed over in bills or something, I lose my job, and I'm stuck in a contract with your But No. Turn them away. Eventually, I would like to get rain soft and water softeners. You know, I would love, I would love to do it, but not in this high-pressured sales thing where you you tell me that you have financing, but it's really a line of credit, and that monthly payment is is never going to make the the balance disappear. I'm just going to be paying seventy months for the rest, of, you know, seventy bucks until I can you know pay more and pay it down. Not interested. Sorry. So I'll save up money and I'll go to them. In, in due time when I'm ready for it. But it, totally, completely different from the Solar City business. Totally handled differently. So, let's start with Mother Russia. I don't know if you follow the news. Very hardcore. But it was April 14th, a Russian jet flew about within 50 feet of U.S. reconnaissance aircraft. That was on a routine flight. It performed a barrel roll maneuver over the aircraft. Now, Russia has been sort of poking the bear with a stick, if you will, when it comes to this bullcrap. And it, it seems like we do nothing when this happens. And it shocks me. It shocks me that we don't do anything. When it comes to this, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting, I'm not going to the extremes and suggesting you just start shooting down Russian air fighters. That's kind of insane. That kind of could start like World War Three, okay? But Russia has this history extensively over the past couple of years of doing this, and it's like nothing happens. They did this. Let's see. This was a couple of days ago. July 2015, last year on the 4th of July, Russian bombers were intercepted off of uh, the coast of California. Not not far off the coast of California. It said within tens of miles, so I'm going to guess under 100, but not, you know, not as significant. But we'll say under 100 miles. They flew up to the California coastline. Russian bombers. And they relayed a message saying, quote, Good morning, American pilots. We are here to greet you on your 4th of July Independence Day. Then they peeled off, went back home. What the hell? What did we do? What did we do in, in retaliation? It's like we sit there and we're like, bad Russia. You don't do that. It's almost like, you know, remember in the cartoons... Like the bully would be standing there, and the some you know the other guy would sit there, and he'd like draw a line in the sand. 
don't you dare cross that line. And then all of a sudden, they cross that line, and you back up a little more, and you draw another line. Don't you dare cross that line. If you cross that line, they cross that line. You draw another line. You don't don't accomplish anything, right? They keep crossing the line because they know you ain't going to do anything because they're a big bully, and you're being stupid. You're not backing up your word. That happened on uh, 4th of July last year, and then the year prior to that, June, four Russian bombers were intercepted, two near Alaska, two off the coast of Cali. Same same thing, flying in airspace, flying dangerously close. What's Russia doing? And more importantly, what are we doing? What are we doing letting them fly up close to our shoreline? We don't do anything. We don't, uh, we slap their wrist. That's it. You know, we, we get on public speaking and, and we blast them on the media. Uh, yeah, Russia, that's that's really bad. You shouldn't do that. It's pretty dumb. We're not going to shoot you down, though. But you would think it would be as simple as saying, look, you've done this game time and again. You're playing with fire. You're going to get burned. And you just put it out on a, on a public wide notice. If Russia does this again the next time, we're shooting the fighter down. Not a declaration of war. You know, maybe is that an extreme answer? I don't I don't know. But I can tell you if somebody was coming up and constantly acting like they were going to punch me and then backed off, eventually they're going to get decked by me because I'm going to say, I don't know if you're going to punch me or not, but you keep coming up and you look like you are. And I'm not going to wait for the punch. Now, speaking of poking the bear with a stick, Saudi Arabia, there's this there's this bill that's going on right now. It's a bipartisan bill. And in fact, I'm pulling this from CNN right now. CNN Politics posted yesterday. It says, A bipartisan bill to let families victimized by the 9-11 terrorist attacks sue Saudi Arabia ran into sharp setbacks Monday. Pretty much what, what's going on right now is the White House is threatening to veto this bill if it passes. President Obama is staunchly against this bill passing. And part of the reason why is because Saudi Arabia, last month, it was uh, last month, Saudi Foreign Minister Adel Al-Jabir came before, this, uh, came before our national lawmakers, Congress, all that and stated that uh, up to $750 billion in U.S. assets would be sold off if this bill passed because they feel as if this will threaten, you know, jeopardize their relationship with us. And to me, there is... To me, actions speak a lot louder than words. First off, this is a threat from a, a nation that's supposedly a, a, an ally of ours, uh, our biggest ally when in terms of Middle Eastern countries, specifically Muslim, is, specifically Muslim Middle Eastern countries. And they're trying to strong arm us because this bill would, by the way, would declassify or public, it would publicly release about 28 pages that have not been released to the public from the 9-11 Commission report that supposedly 
puts ties to these uh, puts ties to some higher ups in Saudi Arabia, maybe even government officials in Saudi Arabia. And to me, it seems like not. To me, it seems like supporting or, or bending to the will of Saudi Arabia, and this is a slap in the face to 9/11 families. Slap in the face to all of us, really. Right now, it's right now. This appears to me, anyway, that Saudi is completely admitting guilt, and they're saying, "Well, we don't want it officially released like that, so we'll sell off billions of dollars of assets because we'll have to." Now, it should be noted that this bill isn't, uh, it's not written up and targeting Saudi Arabia. It's just, it opens up the possibility of lawsuits to, for these families of, of terrorist attacks. These families who have been victimized by it. We are, we're all victimized by it, but I mean directly lost a family member or suffered severe damages, severe injuries. This just opens up the possibility of suing foreign people involved in it. In this case, the 28 pages are speculated to list some Saudi royal family ties and money laundering that ended up funding the 9-11 attacks. And if this bill were to pass, it, it just opens up the door that people could sue them and Saudi can't claim diplomatic immunity in, in the federal court. They would have to come. They would have to go through a trial. And if they lost, they would have to pay. And that goes for any country or any individuals across the world that, that are involved in it. I mean, let me play you a clip. This audio clip is from David Axelrod's The Axe Files podcast. Uh, the audio, the person you're going to hear speaking is Ben Rhodes. He's Deputy National Security Advisor. It's not that it was Saudi government policy to support al-Qaeda, but there were a number of very wealthy individuals in Saudi Arabia who would contribute sometimes directly to extremist groups, sometimes to charities that were kind of ended up being ways to launder money to these groups. So a lot of the, the funding, and you know, Bin Laden himself was a wealthy Saudi. Now, keep in mind, too, economists right now are speculating that if Saudi were to try to pull this little stunt off anyway, they feel like these are just words with no fire behind them. They've already speculated if Saudi Arabia were to do it, it would hurt them far more than it would hurt us. So, the the end of the day is... At the end of the day, the question here is what's right to do versus what's wrong to do. And, and if Saudi people were involved, if Saudi royal family was involved, if, if people there were involved, and Saudi, by their actions right now, sure as hell seems like it, I'm sorry, you can't play this little stupid game with them and say that, you know what, $750 billion of assets they're going to sell? Oh, let's just uh, let's just sweep it under the rug and let them have their way. No, sorry. If they, they can't strong arm on this. You're talking about a, the worst terrorist attack on U.S. soil that killed... Nearly 3,000 people. No. You don't get to sit there and threaten us in this manner over that. And it's not, it's not a bill that's even targeting Saudi Arabia. It's opening the door for everybody 
to go through a little court accountability. Oh, I hear sirens in the background, but they're different sirens. They're not our European sirens. So the next couple of uh, things I'm going over are Donald Trump related. That's why there's a siren there. You have to take it with a grain of salt, I think, or at least a little bit of warning. Donald Trump recently has been angered. He's been angry. I'm so angry about the uh, political process here in America. And, you know, it's interesting hearing it from him being an outsider to politics. Everything everything I'm going to play for you, these few clips, are Donald Trump on the electoral process. Now, this is also, mind you, this is what's in the Constitution plus... This is also what's been in practice for quite a little bit. So, it's not like a Donald Trump ridiculous statement of the week. Uh, some of his complaints might be a little bit on the ridiculous side just because he should have known this getting into it. And it should have been a point he was hitting on far earlier than now. So, let's, uh, let's listen to the couple of clips real quick. I end up winning Louisiana. And then when everything is done, I find out I get less delegates than this guy that... Got his kicked, okay? Give me a break. Really disgusting. Colorado, where they frankly, where they, they, you know, just get all of these delegates. And it's not a system. There was no voting. I didn't go out there to make a speech or anything. There's no voting. And, you know, I heard Pete say, well, that's the way it is. Well, that really shouldn't be the way it is. This was changed in the summer to help a guy like Cruz. And it's not right now. You know, I won, as an example, South Carolina. I won it by a landslide, like a massive landslide. And now they're trying to pick off those delegates one by one. That's not the way democracy is supposed to work. Now, I'm an outsider, and I came into the system, and I'm winning the votes by millions of votes. But the system is rigged. It's crooked. So Donald Trump, an outsider, very upset at the political process in the works, doesn't think it's very democratic. This is... Same thing that we've been saying the, the past couple of episodes. Is is it really democratic? Uh, you know, you're voting for representation, and the representation is voting for the president. It's really, there's lots of uh, uh, Terry territory, and like I said, we're compiling an episode that will cover it all. Cover it all. And, uh, you know, just to counterpoint, here's my man, Rand Paul. He was on Morning Joe last week talking about this very issue. Um, what do you think of the rules by which your party selects its nominee, which are getting a lot of scrutiny now? Are they fair? Do they give voters a, a big enough voice? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I hear someone's been saying they're rigged. I don't think they're rigged, but they are biased and mm. uh, intentionally so. What's the difference? Well, I mean, rigged would mean that it was illegal. It was somehow shady. No, it's done somewhat in the open, but they are biased in favor of um, the establishment. So, for example, in 2012, when my dad was running, they made a special rule that said you can't be nominated unless you win eight states mm. and then they didn't count his votes but interesting now if you talk to all of the Republican establishment they're saying oh yeah your votes can be counted this is a big deal because think about it Kasich's votes cannot be counted under rule 40b they should not be counted and if it was because wrong he Paul, won eight states. they were not counted in 2012 in fact if you look at the clips you'll see the clips in Iowa votes 28 votes for Ron Paul and the, the podium says and Iowa votes, 28 votes for Mitt Romney. They just didn't even announce or repeat. They repeated that the votes didn't go to him. But this year, they want the opposite. So is that a fair interpretation of the rules? And when you think about it, both Cruz and Trump have a great deal of incentive not to let anybody else have votes. 
That's what the rules currently state. However, 110 people are going to be very important. That's the Rules Committee, and they're going to decide what the rules are. And I think you want to see a contentious room. It's going to be those 110 people. But, but should the there rules. be a big broad-based effort to change it so that next cycle the voters have a more of a say rather than elites and Well, it's always people things? trying to change the rules to their advantage. And uh, so I don't know. You know, we always are uncertain who the establishment is. We're always very wary of who that is. <laughs> We're always uncertain of who they are. And uh, people will try to change it to their advantage. But every election changes. And I'm not so sure you can predict the advantage for 2020 that comes out of the rules. See, they didn't predict it. They tried to exclude my father in 2012. And now it's backfiring on some people who would like to see Kasich or Rubio. My understanding of the rules, if they follow the precedent of 2012, is Rubio and Kasich cannot uh, have votes counted. People could stand up and say they're for them on the first ballot, but they won't count. But the question is, second, third, fourth ballot, everybody's saying they can come back. My understanding is that the rule says their votes don't count. Yeah. So if that isn't the clearest picture that could be painted, I don't know what else is. I mean, I think the system very much needs a lot of reforming, a lot of retooling. People can talk about how, you know, hey, this isn't a one-for-one one one vote society, okay? So get over it. But it's modern era. You got people who will get very upset if their actual convictions aren't casted in on the votes. You know what I mean? Like I said last week, it's very surprising that it's taken this long to figure out that this system works this way. And it just it comes down to disenfranchisement, not feeling you have a voice, not feeling that you have support. And, you know, things do change. The Constitution can be amended if enough people agree on it. So there's always that to remember. And in all of this, it just brings me to this crazy realization that Donald Trump can say something dead on. Because here, watch. You can hate Donald Trump all you want. You can be one of those Bernie bot people that absolutely Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders. And guess what? Donald Trump just said something that you probably absolutely agree with. Are you ready to hear it? Are you ready? Brace yourselves. All right? Get your toilet paper ready because you just might crap your pants. But say what you want about Bernie Sanders. He wins, he wins, he wins, he wins, he wins. And then you watch the pundits and they say, but he can't win. You know why? Because the system is corrupt. Because the system is broken. And the Democrats have a different system. They have superdelegates, but our system is worse than theirs. In our system, they're not even voting. The bosses are picking the delegates. And it's a very bad thing. Despite all of that, you know who's gonna win? We're gonna win. We're gonna win, despite all of that. Here, here's the trash can, Bernie fans, so you can... I agree with Donald Trump. You can agree with... You can agree with your opposition. I hope people understand that. You can pick and choose what you agree with on people. It's it's amazing. It's this it's a bright new future that could, you know, change the world. Maybe. I don't... I don't really know, though. I'm going to call it a wrap for today. Well, you know what? No. Hold on. I'm, I was going to do a delegate update. I don't know if I did it last week. Republican standing as of right now. Donald Trump, 744. Ted Cruz, 559. Kasich, 144. Still in this I, I don't even understand. Tonight is uh, New York. 
95 delegates up for up for grabs. Same thing with the Democrats tonight, 247 delegates up for grabs tonight in the New York primaries. Uh, while I'm at it, Clinton is at 12 89. 1289 pledged delegates for Hillary Clinton. Pledged delegates for Hillary Clinton. Go. Yes. Good job. Pledged delegates. 469 super delegates. Super delegates might want to reconsider as we uh win elections as we sweep the nation. Uh the the super delegates, they might want to reconsider and uh they might want to reconsider their vote with uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, because Bernie Sanders, we we have uh, ten forty five, ten forty five delegates pledged, and we have uh, thirty one, even thirty one super delegates. Some of these four hundred sixty nine, they might want to reconsider their vote, because Hillary is bad at making decisions. She. Is not qualified. And she is out of touch with the youth. In this nation. So those super delegates. Might want to reconsider. Who they're going to vote for. So tonight there's 247 delegates in New York up for grabs. This is actually this is the big one. This is the big one for both parties actually. For, for Republican and the Democrat. Because right now. New York is Donald Trump's territory, and that's also Hillary Clinton's territory. And if they don't turn up big in their own state, then that could be implications of of how much further they can really go nationally. But it's a lot of delegates up for grabs, and I mean, Bernie's behind. Bernie is behind hardcore right now. Clinton has 1758, and he has 1076 altogether. 2,383 needed for nomination, 1931 still available out there. So, so big implications tonight that will play into what we can talk about next week for damn sure. But uh, keep that in mind. Think about this whole electoral process and... Gather your thoughts, because I'm going to need people's thoughts for this episode that I'm compiling on the Electoral College and the election process and delegates and superdelegates. I've got audio clips out the wazoo on it. Uh, it could be a big episode. It could be one of those things where like, I go for an hour or more all just on that. It'll be crazy. So that that, that is it. I'm going to wrap it up for this week. Like I said, i got the Solar City thing going on. I'll keep you guys updated on that. Uh, periodically, especially if I go forth with it. We'll get pictures and stuff, too. Show you how that goes. Thanks for listening. Like, share, comment. Do the, all the normal jazz, guys. All the normal jazz. And uh, remember, I love you. I really do. See you all next week. <laughs>